When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Robert Craddock, uh, not too far away. Uh, if you haven't heard the news earlier today regarding the Australian cricket team, that is the fact that James Pattinson has been ruled out of the third test against India with bruised ribs, sustained in a fall at his property while on approved leave. He will be not replaced in the squad and will be assessed leading into the Brisbane test. And just reading uh, off cricket.com.au here, uh, Nathan Lyon with some comments, obviously asked about quarantine restrictions uh, and what it all means uh, for the players. And he's basically said players need to suck it up and quit complaining, which was similar to what Brad Haddon uh, said on Fox Cricket last night uh, about uh, these suggestions that some of the Indians weren't keen to go back into quarantine uh, if, they, if the fourth test will be played at the Gabba, which we're all hoping it will be. And I'm certain that one man that definitely wants it played at the Gabba is one of the great friends of SEN in Robert Crash Craddock, who joins us on the line. Uh, Happy New Year, Crash. Same to you, Jules. Yes, look, it's a a difficult situation, but I think it's getting a bit brighter because uh, the key line uttered by Queensland Health boss Jeanette Young was that players will be allowed to roam around uh, inside a bubble inside their own hotel. They will be able to mix. So they were, they were just absolutely red hot in India on not being confined to their rooms, and I don't think they will be. Do you think that's fair? Do you think that was a, that was a valid complaint from the Indians? Well, you know, it, it all came down to a condition they agreed to before the tour, that they, the two weeks hard quarantine at the start of the tour would be all they would be required to do. And then the goalposts changed, of course, due to infections in Sydney. And who can really give guarantees about COVID protocols? Because we know they can change by the hour, never mind the week. So I sort of get their point. Um, There's a bit of a theory out there that India rule the world, and it's 100% true. They really do. But they're also quite generous tourists in that they're offshore a lot. They play a lot of teams because they know when they turn up, they, everyone makes money. So they, they're, they're, they're pretty good tourists. And I think they're a bit more reasonable and rational than they used to be, put it that way. Yeah, I think a lot of people just have naturally assumed this is the, the BCCI flexing their muscle again. But has there been any suggestions at all that, that the BCCI have been kicking up a stink about this? No, it's more the players on tour and their coaching staff. And they... Uh, My line on it was, hang on a minute, all this was sorted out last Wednesday, so why didn't you arc up about it last Wednesday? Because it's not as if it's six months ago, but the the protocols which were agreed upon came about last Wednesday, and they said, we weren't told. This is private talk, of course. They said, you know, we weren't told about the change in the protocols that they'd have to isolate in their room. But I think this one will be averted, Jules. I may be wrong, but I, I just... I'm reading the tea leaves a bit, and I think that that the conditions in Sydney are very similar to what they'll be in Brisbane, as in staying in a hotel, 
limited access to people outside the team. But the difference, of course, will be that in Sydney, it'll be a Cricket Australia protocol. They'll be administrating things, whereas in Brisbane, it'll be the Queensland government officials because they run the protocols, as I believe they should. We saw a photo on the weekend emerge of five players, Indian players, having uh, a lunch or a dinner at at Chaston Shopping Centre here in Melbourne. Is there any sort of relation between that photo becoming public and becoming a big story? And I've seen some of the reports out of India that sort of suggested the Australian media is getting stuck into the Indians here and also a photo that was put up of uh, Virat Kohli as well and these complaints emerging? Uh, no, well, there could be actually, but what what has been pretty clear, there's been concerns and whispers for quite some time that some of the Indians have been trimming the edges off the biosecurity protocols, like Virat Kohli going into a baby shop and not wearing a mask like a player occasionally slipping inside a restaurant to order with, uh, without wearing a mask. And, you know, I've seen both sides of it. I was in Adelaide at a, a coffee house and Pat Cummings walked past with his fiancée. Now, he stood outside, he sat on the pavement, his fiancée came in and ordered, and that, that, that he did everything by the book, you know, and, and he didn't even know I was in the restaurant. So you can do it. But um, and there's breaches and there and there, there's small breaches and there's large breaches, isn't there? Like Virat Kohli should have worn a mask inside that baby shop, but he didn't have one on. So it's um, yeah, it's a difficult tour. I think everyone's agreed on one thing: they've just got to get these four tests over and done with, Jules, because the players get tired yeah. too late in tours and they get a bit sloppy and reckless. I've seen it a lot of times. Yeah, we're chatting to Robert Craddock, and I mean, this is not a Victorian-centric view, because of, but of, couldn't all of this drama just been avoided? I know it's great news out of New South Wales today that there's no new cases, but could have all this drama been avoided and just made, I guess, the far simpler decision to just have this next test at the MCG? Yeah, or, or even if, you, if you're unhappy with that, play it in Brisbane and then go to Sydney. Yeah, also go you know, that like, too. Like yeah. that's... Yeah, Brisbane were, up, Brisbane were right up for that. Ian Healy, one of the uh, former Test wicket keepers and one of the big power brokers in Queensland cricket, he was cheering for that one, the swapping of the Tests. Brisbane, the third Test, and they come straight from Melbourne. They don't have to have any additional protocols. And then, bang, into Sydney where everything's a bit tighter for the last Test. But guess what? That's the end of the road and then you're home. So, uh, yeah, I, I think... Uh, but Sydney fought very hard for the status quo to be maintained. The jury is still out, Jules, on whether it's the right decision. I know John Barillaro, the acting Premier, will have a press conference today where he will talk about certain crowd limits of the SCG throughout the test. I'm really interested in that one because I've touched base with a few of my really good buddies in Sydney who go to the test every year. And I say, how do you feel about it? And one of them, who's a rugby league journalist, who goes every year nearly every day, he said to me, mate, I'm not going. I just, it feels funny. And he said to me, he said, you know how much I love the test in Sydney, but it's just crowd numbers there. And he said, I'm not wearing a mask to watch the cricket. The feats of purpose of it. It's like going fishing in the rain, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's interesting, Jules. It really is. It is. And we heard the Australian Chief Medical Officer, Paul Kelly, say he'd be reluctant to go to the SCG uh, test 
this year. So just give us a snapshot of what the feeling's been like in Brisbane the last 24 hours. I mean, have been. I mean, people would have booked their tickets for the Gabba test. Uh, it's such a big event at yeah. the Gabba. Was there genuine concern amongst people in Queensland and Brisbane that it, that it might be taken away or they, they sort of didn't jump that far ahead? I don't think they jumped that far ahead, but they did. The story came like a lightning bolt through uh, Crick Buzz, an Indian website, and Bharat, who yep. uh, uh, commentates on SEN, and he's as well connected to the Indian team as anyone. He's a wonderful journalist, a real acquisition for the SEN commentary team, I've got to say, too. I've never seen a man who watches net practice more closely. He's just he's uh, terrific. And he wrote the story, and he wrote it without quotes. But that didn't disturb a lot of people because he's very well connected, and everyone knows those quotes would have come right from the top of the Indian Turu party. Someone saying, we're not going to Brisbane if we've got to stay in our hotel room. So people were just starting to digest the story when Jeanette Young, the medical officer, spoke yesterday saying, well, they won't have to quite stay in their rooms. They're mixing on the ground so they can mix with each other in the hotel. And I think there's a feeling that before things got too desperate, um, that that sort of took a little bit of the air out of the balloon. Yeah, that, and that's great. We don't want we don't want to see any tests moved. And ideally, we want to see this test played at the SCG. And it sounds like it will be. Let's have a look at some of the action on the field. David Warner, interested in, in your thoughts on this. It seems like this real desperation for David Warner to play, even if he's not 100% fit. Given his importance to Australian cricket, the fact that the, the Brisbane test is coming up pretty quickly after this Sydney test, is that the right move? Or should David Warner be 100% fit if he's going to be picked for this test match? Yeah, it, it's. A, I understand, Jules, that if Australia had won the Boxing Day test, David Warner was not playing this test. Now... He can apparently, he is only about 90% fit, so it is a gamble, particularly if he's such a power runner. Like, And you can say, oh, we'll hide him in the field. But David Warner is an attack dog in the field. He, he'll run before he even know he's running. And between wickets, he's an absolute hare, isn't he? So he's just not a guy who cruises in third gear. You know, like some guys you say, you know, just, just look after yourself. But that's not David Warner. So it is a risk. It is a gamble. Um, I get it, though. I'll tell you one thing that has been obvious, just how much he sets the tone for this Australian team as the alpha male, doesn't he? I mean, with poor Joe Burns opening the batting and with Matt Wade, I mean, they feel there's a sense of submissiveness almost straight away, certainly with Joe Burns, not so much with Wade. But it just enables bowlers to settle on their line and length, whereas they can't do it with Warner because he's so aggressive. He unnerves attacks, and that's why they need him back. It's a... It's an interesting one. He's, uh, we had to do our top 50 players of yeah. the century, and I think we rated him 25 uh, over the weekend. It had quite a few people thought he was too low. That, uh, should have been uh, up about 17, 18. I was going to ask you about that list. I might do it now. I mean, how difficult was that list to put together? Because it's, it's tough, because you've got some players that, uh, you know, they did some really good things sort of mid to late 90s, but then they continued on, and, and for the early part, of the 21st century, you know, they played some good cricket as well. So how difficult was to weigh up their whole career compared to what they did in the early 2000s? And then you weigh that up against players that their entire career have been spent, has been played in this era. In a word, very, <laughs> you know, and, and we were, do you know the player who caused most drama sitting down at number 11 was Glenn McGrath. Yeah. He, 
He played half of his career last century, half this century. But people were saying, do you mind, Glenn McGrath? He should never be at number 11 in any list. He's either up the top or he's not there. I, I copped that criticism. I, I thought that was fair enough, actually. You know, and, and he averaged 20 runs per wicket this century. Man, oh, man. You know, what a bowler. Uh, we put Adam Gilchrist at number one. He was number one in my personal list because I, I just felt, as Richie Benno used to say, go for the game changes. Mm. And Gilchrist changed cricket, and cricket's not changing back. And I think his shadow hovers over every selection meeting in cricket now, from your under sevens to your test teams, can the keeper bat? And, and why do you ask that? Well, we just remember Gilly, don't we? So, but Jules, I'll tell you something. The beautiful thing about cricket is the arguments and debates never cease. (laughs) I got Gideon Hay, who's a wonderful historian, to look at our list. And he said to me, made a very good point. He said, where's Rashid Khan, the Afghan leg spinner? Now, what a great point. He's only played four tests. But Gideon said, I believe he is currently the most important player in world cricket because he's taking cricket into frontier land, mate. You know? And I just... I had to pay the argument. I yeah, very it's an interesting way of looking so at it. it. It's a really, really, it's a bottomless list in some ways, but uh, it was very difficult. <laughs> We're chatting to Robert Craddock. Just on Gilchrist too, do you think a lot of people forget, I mean, his batting was, was so electric, and as you say, he changed cricket forever with his batting as a keeper, but do you think sometimes people forget, I mean, his main job was to be the wicketkeeper, and he was bloody good at it. Oh, yeah, he was, you know, and, and he's keeping improved. There's no question. And by the end of his career, he'd taken more dismissals than anyone else. He just beat Mark Boucher. Then Boucher got him a few months later. But I just sometimes I tell you what we do take for granted is, man, oh, man. I mean, we're talking about, you know, batsmen staying in the test team with averages of 33 at the moment. <laughs> After 47 tests, Adam Gilchrist's average was 60. And in the last half of his career, it, it went down. He averaged about 36. But his strike rate was second only to Varenda Sawag, that you know the yep. explosive Indian batsman. Like he, he I, if you, when you spoke, the biggest compliments to Gilchrist came in bars when you were talking to English fast bowlers, and they'd say, "Mate, Gilchrist just unnerves me. I just you put a ball on off stump and he'll hit it over mid wicket for four or six. He said, I've ne- "No one treats me like that." And so he, he made bowlers' radar scramble, and he was unnervingly good. And the other part of his, his life was interesting in that in his book, True Colours, he pulled away the cape and just said, right, oh, there was times when I was distraught and distressed, and I hid it all away from everyone. And uh, I love when sports stars do that because it makes them feel human. Yeah, it's a fantastic list, and uh, it's one of those ones that uh, everyone was talking about on the weekend. Just going back to this uh, current Australian team, so let's assume David Warner is playing. Who's going to join him at the top of the order, do you think? Yeah, it's a good one. See, people are saying Will Pukowski, and he's probably the favourite, isn't he? But I I don't know. (laughs) I'd I'd still be tempted to play Pukowski in the middle order and maybe keep Wade there. But I understand they're not going to have the discussion... Uh, Bukowski's got a final protocol test this afternoon. So I I think we'll know tomorrow whether he's available. And if he's available, I think he's in. So uh, I know everyone expects him to open the batting, but, you know, a guy who's had nine concussions facing up to Jasper Bumrah with a new cherry. Oh, I don't know. But uh, it's going to be great to see him play. 
if as expected he does, because I think there's been such a build-up, hasn't he? Three times over the last three seasons, he's been so close to Test cricket, only to be um, balloted out or to, to withdraw at the last moment. So do you think they would consider playing him in the middle order? Well, that's what I'd like to see him play, but I understand that still the preference is to open with Warner, get him in there, let him, you know, he's been so successful this season with Marcus Harris for Victoria. He's got shots all around the wicket. He's a beautiful player of the ball. It's just going to be so interesting if, if he does play with young Cameron Green. That, that, that's the one indispensable. No matter who yeah. goes, it's either got to be Matthew Wade or Travis Head. And for mine, I feel Wade's batting better than Head at the moment. Mm. He'd be in my team. But they've got to hang on to Green. He, he's the present and he's the future. He's a beautiful young player. So calm and cool. And, and just never... I tell you, here's the other thing about Cameron Green batting. He just never looks in trouble. Like, he just plays straight all the time. It, it's it's really wonderful. Yeah, and he showed great uh, poise, didn't he, in that second in this innings at the MCG. Before we let you go, Crash, uh, there's all this drama around this series from selection and, and where the tests are going to be played. But... Right now, we're in the middle of a, a fantastic series. It's so even, two powerhouses of world cricket. We've got two tests to go. What, what's your predictions? Who's going to end up on top in this series? I, I think Australia win one of the last two. Uh, maybe at the Gabba, where they always win. And the Sydney might be a draw. I, I think they could lose the first day yeah. through the rain there. Uh, but if I've got a wish for this series, it's a weird <laughs> one, but I want an old-fashioned Sydney deck. I just think... Spinning deck. S- Sydney's a deceptive... Everyone, Yeah, everyone talks about Sydney being a spinner's deck. Sure, Nathan Lyon got wicked there last year, but previously, the previous 10 years, it's been hopeless mm. for spin bowlers. Let's have a spin bowling fest at the SCG and see what Australia or any of you are really made of. That's that's what I'd love to see. That'd be great. Lyon and Ashwin uh, would really come into their own, and Ashwin's been fantastic so far this series. Uh, Crash, as always, uh, thank you so much for your time. We can't wait. Hopefully, Sydney's weather does the right thing for us, and uh, we get underway on Thursday. Thanks again for your time on SEN. My pleasure, Jules. Nice to be on. Thank you. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.